0: what is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another podcast episode of creative contact with your boy coming fresh out that pickup soccer game uh super rainy ass day so if you're hearing the rain or if you're seeing the rain um i apologize but i'll never become a slave to the wealth because i never break the promises i made to myself you feel me my drake fans know that bar uh i was like you know what I said I'm going to do my podcast on Sundays, so whether the visuals come out well or there's a little bit of rain, that ain't going to stop the boy from coming to share with y'all. Bruh, I got some takeaways for y'all today. Not even takeaways, but we just got some shit to talk about. You, me, me. Talking about shit. Let's get into it. I'm not going to waste no time. If you're tuning in, I appreciate you being here. Uh, This is the podcast where I share a little bit about my life, which if you don't give a fuck about Kia, I don't blame you. Skip ahead. And then I am constantly learning something new every day through interviews, podcasts, videos, and I have this podcast, new um, evolution of it, where I bring to you the top four takeaways from the week that I learned. And those can do those can be in health, those can be in business, those can be in art, music, creativity, all sorts of shit, because I'm just interested in, in life in general. So, um, got some wide-ranging topics today to cover, but we'll get into that. In a second. So, how is Kia? I appreciate you asking. That that means a lot. Thank you. Um, I'm so... I'm flattered that you're interested. Uh, health, overall, things are going very well. I'm getting my ass kicked by my uh, Muay Thai trainer. But it's actually really... I've really missed... We do some light sparring. So, mom, don't worry about it. But uh, it's really... When you are facing someone who is just that much better than you, you feel a little bit like you're drowning, which I know isn't the greatest sell, but there is something just kind of having that challenge. It just feels like you're playing chess, real-time chess, but it's a little bit more physical, Uh, but that's really what it feels like, and I've, I've missed that challenge. I love working out. I love staying physical, but there's an element of competition to it that is It's cool training for stuff. You know what I mean? Like whether you, what no matter what that is that you that you like to train for. I've I like to be healthy. Period. But it's cool now if I'm working on cardio or if I'm slinging some kettlebells, whatever. That I've it's it's cool. Kind of having a purpose to the training. So I'm really gonna miss that when I go back to Chiang Mai. Um, gonna see if maybe I can still incorporate that. Feeling good. Another thing I'm gonna miss because Chiang Mai. I love Thailand, but I'll really be slacking on the avocados, man. I've been eating hella guacamole and that shit is just so popping. Like it's just a part, I think guacamole is like my, it's like my spirit animal. So um, health, overall feeling good. Really, I'm, I'm also something I'm going to dive into a little bit later in the podcast. I've been uh, reading, aka listening to this audio book called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker, been a game changer. So I'm already a sleep fanatic, but this has really uh helped me understand it more. So really taking the sleep seriously. And there's a whole other these motherfuckers straight up don't they must have got not got the memoise podcasting. But health is good, key is good there. Cool. Um personal, uh it's my last week in, in Hanoi, Vietnam And then I'm headed back to Chiang Mai for the fall. I'm getting taking care of my visa this week. And then hopefully in New York for the holidays because there's no place uh, like New York during Christmas and New Year's. Um, Maybe New Year's, you watch that shit on the TV, but uh, during the holidays, there's just a magic to it. So stoked to be back there for the holidays. And then toying with the idea of coming to the Philippines in January with my big bro for a little uh, bro-e-bro trip. So that's personal. Um, socially, I just got done playing pickup soccer. Shout out to my boy Hui, who uh, lets me kick it with his crew. And just a quick aside with this: so uh, playing pickup soccer socially, I've been, I've been. Um, making some cool homies hanging out here and there in this little Vietnamese crew. But uh, we played some pickup soccer today. It was fun. I finally scored a goal. I haven't scored a goal in over a decade in any soccer game. So, mom, you can get me a medal if you want. Um, But it was fascinating. I'm just on this gratitude high at the moment because afterwards, like we play, and then it started raining. So we came in. We were just kicking it. And there was a guy who was on my team, uh, his name's M, that's not his actual name, but he, he was taking it easy on me, so that's what he had me call him, and really sweet dude, dope at the game, but I was chatting with him, and he's in, he's in med school currently, so out here they have, I think, he was telling me six years, I think they have six years of medical school, yeah, they have six years, he's in his fourth year, he's 22 so by the time he's 24, he'll graduate, but I, it blew my mind because I just started asking him about it. You know, I have some friends that have gone through medical school, in medical school, or you, y'all know who you are that are already doctors, which is crazy. Shout out to you, get a practice going because I'm coming to you and I get sick. Um, he was, he was breaking it down for me that they, guess how much, so when he graduates in two years. And he's technically a doctor. He does his residency. We're out here. uh, They actually they they put you up. You live in the hospital for three years after you graduate. Guess how much the doctors out here make a month? I'll let you think about it for a second. Okay, one hundred and fifty to two hundred U.S. dollars. I'd drop this mic if I didn't care about it so much. Think about that for a second. Let that shit sink in. For a month as a doctor after six years of school, I was like, Em, you know how much U.S. doctors get paid? I was like, this is bananas. And it just made me think about how much, how pissy I get about my online job teaching English. And I'm like, Kia, it's just one of those things when you just realize you need to just shut the fuck up and be like, I'm in this crazy sliver of the one percent, one percent, one percent, and the fact that like I didn't have an uncle that beat me up when I was young, I'm like even more in the one percent. So, just it was just one of those moments where I was just like, you. It just kind of beats you over the head with appreciation for life, um, and just recognizing how crazy this life is to live even to be born, all that shit. We can go off on that tangent another time. Just something to think about. But speaking of making money, we got to make that money somehow. So on the business tip uh, with the beats and the music, that's going well. Um, If you need music for your podcast, video, whatever it is, if you want to get some bars off, I know y'all got bars on the low, hit me up. Uh, I'll make beats for you. But also this week, uh, I'm taking the business in a totally new direction Not totally in direction, but I just have I got super inspired early this last week um, because I heard an interview with Mark Manson, the guy who wrote Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and he just had this dope perspective where he he was asking he was asking questions, and it just clicked for me that. When when you put yourself out there, first of all, whether it's through this podcast or music, whatever it is, whatever you do, when you put yourself out there into the world, you start to realize because you put energy out there, uh, it starts to affect people in ways that you don't even realize. So people start to come to you, ask you questions about whatever it is you're putting out there. It could be something super niche or just kind of putting your life out there. It's really been overwhelming the support that certain folks have come. Uh, I didn't even realize we're paying attention to say, "Hey, Kia." Uh, I actually got a question for you. I see you doing this and that, and so I started to see these questions. It was stuff that I was passionate about, anyways, because I'm so into learning and creativity, and I'm part cyborg, anyway. So fascinated with that shit that I was like, man, there are so many gems that have been dropped on me in this that I always feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pressing people to kind of think about themselves, and so as a guy who I'm coming clean on this podcast being like, I definitely don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't have shit figured out, but I still, for myself, I'm thinking I still have a lot to offer because if I can ask you the right questions, then I can still help you get to where you need to go by, uh, pinching, poking, prodding a little bit and really forcing you to just to reflect from an outside perspective. So I don't have to tell you the answers because fuck I don't know the answers. Even if I did know the answers, which we all kind of know, it's like dream big, work hard, eat your vegetables, like that's not gonna change your shit. Because you've got to feel that from you've got to be inspired. You know, when it comes to working out, I can tell you whatever I can give you the greatest routine what to eat. We all we all know it, but it has to come either you have to be hurt as a kid, you weren't picked for kickball, or it has to get to a point where it's a health scare. Something has to click for you where it clicks in here. It clicks in here that you're like, Oh, I'm getting in shape. Oh, I'm taking this shit seriously. It has to be meaningful to you. I can't tell that to you. But what I think has really changed for me recently is now this idea of, of challenging you, pushing back with the right questions to help you. You already know know the answers, but having a perspective to kind of Push back on certain ideas, I think, really helps. And also, when I talk to folks too, they're like, "Hey, key, I want to talk about creativity." Or I've got these decisions in my life. I want to just talk it out. I'm like, cool. Sometimes just saying the shit out loud. If you have an insecurity, I find this myself too. Sometimes if you just say it out loud to somebody else, you realize it's absolutely ludicrous. And so, just having being kind of a sounding board, giving feedback that I was like, yo that's something I'm super passionate about. And there are just these couple uh, things that I, that I really believe strongly in, especially when it comes to creativity that I was like, I wanted to write, I wanted to write about it. So I was like, yo, what I should do because you live one life and why the fuck not? I've been writing. I I do these daily uh, discover and declares anyway. So I have these kind of ideas that I've been ruminating on writing about anyways that I was like, I, I want to put together like a little creators, uh, like a, like a guidebook or like a, uh, like a survivor's survival guide for creatives or something where it's not super long. It's like a little guidebook that I'm not sure if I'll make physical copies, but I was thinking of making an ebook, obviously an audio book because I like to talk about shit. But I, I, I was like, yo, I want to write this little survival guide that is a bit of inspiration. So it'll kind of kick your ass a little bit, but then also have these ideas that I think are really important to come back to that I find myself constantly needing a reminder for myself, um, a lot that I've kind of, I've built in steps throughout the years, um, One that was a pivotal one was doing The Artist's Way, which if you don't know what that is, it's like a super famous, almost like self-help book for creatives by Julia Cameron. But it's like this 12-week process or 16-week process, whatever, that just kind of gets you into the mode of being creative, busting through plateaus. And that was kind of a start of the journey. And then just these ideas that I stumbled upon listening to, because I'm obsessed with celebrities as anybody, just listening to countless interviews, with celebrities and artists that I admire and look up to and hearing the similar themes throughout that ties it all together of just being human and being creative that like nobody when you hear an interview is like, I got it figured out. It works every time. And I'm super confident in all my work. It's like you, it's everybody. If you're Jennifer Lawrence, if you're James Cameron, if you're Frank Ocean, everybody's like, I'm insecure. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just try shit and I stick with it. It's like, it was, it's just been such a game changer being able to see how we all feel the same shit. We're all the same animal. But I think the ones that are successful are the ones that are able to kind of just push through those, push through those different uh, elements of resistance and just like to stick with it. And so I started writing, so the business thing, that's been big this week is I've just been cranking on this book and it it's nice because in my mind it doesn't have to be super long because I want it to be like a survival guide so it's not like I'm trying to push myself like it needs to be 200 pages it's like just these kind of these concepts that I really believe in and I keep coming back to over and over again that I think other people could get something from especially can be anything in life but especially kind of for creatives and that that idea um one of, we'll just dive into the four takeaways right now, but one of them that I, that I got and I've been playing with is this idea from the author, I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but she's the one who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, you know her, and she wrote this other book called Big Magic, and I heard this interview with her recently, and it was, she had this idea of um, fear, and the way that she'd personify fear of thinking about driving a car and that fear, rather than letting fear drive the car, dr- fear kind of sits in the passenger seat. And whenever she would say that, I always think of the visual in my mind that comes to my mind is uh, like the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas cover. If you if you know that book, um, one of my favorite stories, but it's just like, if you know that visual, Google Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and it'll show up. Uh, but needless to say, personifying fear. And so I love the idea where she talks about that. And I've just been kind of ruminating on it. And I took it... I, I just wanted to expand on it, kind of run with it. Uh, because I don't... I don't... For me, I don't feel... I guess I feel some fear sometimes when when releasing things into the world. Because I want them to do... I want people to like them and sometimes they don't. But for me, it's I think it's less about fear. And for me, it's more about battling this inner critic. So who I've, it's like, I call him the editor. So it's like the artist versus the editor. And this is, you need the editor because as an artist, our egos are big enough that you just become Jafar and when he is in fucking genie mode at the end, if you've watched Aladdin when he gets that wish and he's like huge and red, like our egos, like, Without being in check, our ego goes off the rails. You know some of these motherfuckers. I know some of these motherfuckers. They aren't real pleasant to be around because they so wrapped up in themselves. So you need, but the ego, you got to have that ego to still help you think, to help you with that confidence, to help steer your shit. You know what I mean? But you don't want the ego always steering. So it's this artist versus editor. And I think this is, or ego versus editor, whatever it, whatever endeavor you are, if you're an artist, you know what I'm talking about. That voice in your head that'll tell you, just pops in, just tells you mean shit from time. You're like, where'd you come from? But that since you need it, you can't get rid of it. It doesn't help. It's like, don't eat the chocolate. The first thing I want to do is eat the chocolate. As soon as you try to push it back, like the shit comes back full force. And so what I loved about this big magic analogy from this Eat, Pray, Love author was of like, how do you learn to live with it? And for me, with the inner critic thing, just thinking about this, and I love the idea of personifying it that I've been toying with, of like giving it a name and making it real. Like, what does it look like? Um, And so for me, mine, I'm basing it off. Mine uh, is like like a frumpy, middle-aged white dude who's like balding and wears like tortoise frame glasses and has a pocket protector. Who's it's loosely based on one of my old coworkers. Shout out Russell. You know I love you if you ever see this. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it. Um and I've just been calling him Steve. And it's like, Steve, I need Steve. Right? Because being Kia, I'm a space cadet. So I'm playing up here in Dreamland half the time. That I need that I need to be pulled back to the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like I like playing in the space and I like living in the space, but also being part cyborg. I know how much value there is playing in this realm as well, being you know feet on the ground. So for me, the the benefit of having Steve around is immense. But now that I, I having this personification of the critic of the editor, it helps me negotiate with him. So I can and listen. If it sounds like I'm crazy and I'm talking to myself, I am, I'm coming clean, but run with me for a second. Hear me out. So with Steve, I can say, okay, Steve, I know we're both here. We've got this goal. We're, we both want this to happen, but um, I just do a, to to negotiate with him for time to say, I'll, I'll allow you time to work. you I'm not taking that away from you. you can work, but we need we, we can't work at the same time. Because I think that's where a lot of times, that's what ends up fucking me up, is I'll be writing, and I don't necessarily mean uh, like a book or something, even though it could be that, but with music, I'll start making a beat, start making a song, and just that voice, you know, as you're creating, that voice comes in, dude, this is shit. Like, nobody's going to like this. Like, this is what that chord, you're going to choose that chord progression? It's like, that's the instrument you're running with for now? those are your bars. Like you're a lyricism fan and that's what you're right. So like, you know what I'm talking about? That kind of thing that comes in and you're like, fuck. And it makes you want to change the direction. I could be making a song. The drums are some weirdo rap shit. I got some crazy analog synth melody going on, but I'm like, okay, this is dope. And then Steve hops in and then I'm like, ah, you know what? Nobody's going to listen to this. And I either want to scrap the idea, or whatever. But since I can negotiate with him, I say, yo, Steve, Chill. I know the melody's whack. the chords maybe aren't what you're feeling. Weirdo rap shit on the drums. But let me just at least finish my... Let me at least just run with this. Like, I'll let you work in a second. Like, go back. You know, let me steer the ship. You go back down in the cabin. Like, eat off the cheese plate. Drink some cheap beer. And, like, you come up in a second. But, like, I'm steering right now. Like, chill. And that, I found, has been super helpful. Just recognizing when Steve is there and kind of having that, having that awareness. I think of it like in meditation, um, if you know, they say like if you as soon as you have a thought, acknowledge that you're having, it's okay to let your mind wander, acknowledge you're having the thought, be aware of it, say, oh, hi, thought, and then kind of let it go, bring it back to the breath. And that same tactic though, applied to creating for me has been really helpful being like, I'm creating right now, Steve, go chill. You can come back in a minute and not judging the piece until I at least have enough of an idea that I can come back to and judge it. Because as soon as you start trying, and this past week too, when I've been writing in the past few weeks when I've just been writing for myself, um, just to like agree, like I'm not going to backspace. Like I'm just right. I'm just right. And right now this is writing mode. And then you write, most of it's going to be shit. But then you kind of like, it allows you to then work your way into actually some of the good stuff. And then you can come back later, bring Steve out, glasses, pocket protector, and he starts slashing away. But then that's fine because I don't need to create anymore because then he's doing his thing. And so then you can come back after you have that, at least you made the thing, a rough idea of it. You can come back and judge it later. If you judge it while you're making it nine times out of 10, you'll talk yourself out I'll talk myself out of it. You probably have a better creative process than I do. But that was huge for me this week. Definitely something I want to write about in the book. Um, personify that shit. Don't let it steer. Kick it back in the passenger seat until it's it's time to steer. But you can't both be steering at the same time. Who, you ridden with a backseat driver, that shit blows. So that was a big one. Another one, speaking of attention... Um, I heard this amazing interview with a guy who just uh, wrote a book on attention and kind of it being our superpower because with uh, social media and everything like that, how um, our divide our attention is. So even if we all know that multitasking, the research is there, like we are shit at multitasking. Most of us think we're really good, but um, we're much worse than we realize or think we are. And... Because we all think that we're good at multitasking. And there's like this like sliver 1%. If you think that's who, maybe it is, who am I to tell? But of how much multitasking inhibits our process. And so here are a couple of takeaways that I loved from this interview. One, uh, there's this thing called attention residue. So if I'm working on a task, even if I'm working on one task at a time, if I'm making music, I'm creating, I'm writing, whatever it is you do, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna switch over to email for a second. You do, you send an email, blah, 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 shoot that off. You're like, okay, and then I'm going to come back and do my work again. Even if you're just focusing on one thing at a time, when you switch like that, there's this thing called attention residue that even though you went over to email, you sent off that one email, maybe in your inbox or something, you saw like some other emails that kind of, it just like stores itself in your subconscious. So like when you go back to doing whatever you're doing, this could be Facebook, doesn't have to be email, whatever your vice is if you leave that one thing for a second, it it takes the time that it takes for you to get back to doing what you were doing in full force is like you lose like 24 minutes or 25 minutes or something. Or like if you're working and a coworker comes in, starts talking to you about some shit and then you try to like get back on task. Like that momentum builds momentum. And so he was talking about, he's like do one thing at a time, but also like, set time limits for things that like mentally it's easier for us to say okay i'm working i'm doing my deep work from 10 to 12 and then after 10 to 12 then i'm checking email and that like after if you set the time limit we have these things like we create these open loops in our mind and that's one thing that's one reason why i'm so bad at social media so if you dm me message me on anything i'm super slow to respond because i'm i hate opening up those loops of conversations where rarely you ever have a conversation on social, you DM someone where you're like, okay, this was a great conversation, thanks, bye. It's just like, you're always talking to like 300 people, always, because those conversations like never have a finite end. And those kind of just like build up in the back of your mind as these open loops. And so, but if you can close a loop, if you can set a time limit and close a loop, then it helps you switch your task. So it's like, okay, I'm doing this task from 10 to 12 and then checking email from blah, blah, blah. And then I'll do my social media here and there. Um, rather than like doing a little bit of deep work, a little bit of social, a little bit of email. When it's 12 o'clock, there's something that helps. When I'm like, okay, then I'm done with this. It kind of closes that loop in your mind that then allows you, 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 the attention residue shit doesn't happen as much. That was one that was huge from that interview check it out. I could talk about it all day. Another one that I love from that is that we have different types of focus. So you know, whatever it is you're passionate about, if you're creative, if you're not, if you're in business, sports, whatever, that sense of flow, like when you're in it and like time and everything kind of drips away and you're just like super laser focused, That that's an amazing superpower to have, but that we can't be in that all day. You have, I think the research says, I think it's like three or four hours of that a day, and I think it's also maybe like three or four hours that you can do it at a time. So like after three hours of like intense concentration, you need to take a break anyways because your your brain starts to like would wander off. But needless to say, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's like four hours total of like that laser focus. So you have like four solid hours of like that work, but that you, since you can't be in that all the time, there are other ways of focus that you can still sometimes generate amazing ideas. So say you're, if you like showers, long showers, that's one that um, he was talking about, things that you can do that are like, that don't require a lot of concentration, but that you can still do and like let your mind wander. So when you get things like knitting or taking a hot shower, cooking, walking, walking, um, activities that, that you, you know, when you're doing them that don't take, you don't have to think about them. You can still do them, but it kind of allows you to do this thing and let your mind kind of like just go off. And when your mind wanders like that, you can have the, the ideas and the thoughts that you have in those moments are, you can't have when you're in the laser focus mode. So that how it's important to have kind of these different modes of concentration or of focus and that there's also another one when you might just like lay on your, when you do nothing and just want to generate ideas. So you might just lay on your back and just like, and you're he, the guy who's doing the interview said he just lays on his back, puts on some like jazz or something and like, and writes stuff down. But you can't, you can't be listening to podcasts, can't be watching TV. You have to just be like maybe some music or silence, but you, you intentionally kind of let your mind just go and that you'll stumble on different things than if you're also, than the one, if you're doing an activity, shower, cooking, etc., which is also different than the one that if you're like super focused doing the type of work type shit. So it's really dope. To, I've always loved every night I go on a walk before I go to bed, just because we get away from the computer, like to put on podcast music, just kind of like think about life, whatever. And I've found sometimes I generate my best ideas during that walk, just because we get, we're doing other stuff during the day that if you kind of have that undivided time that's intentional just to let your mind go and kind of like see where those associations go, it can be really powerful. Also getting ideas, um, changing an environment. So um, if you are in a space where you want to do work, It's good to not have a ton of distractions, like to have a clean work space. But if you're in a place where you want to generate ideas, it can sometimes have like a messy space or one with a lot of stimulation can be really helpful. So maybe if you want to generate ideas like going to the bookstore or walking around your city that might inspire shit that you can't have if you're just like in your kitchen, just like with a bowl of fruit and just like trying to think of really cool ideas. But if you're in the bookstore, you might like see something that makes, it's like some shitty holiday thank you card. But then it makes you think about like, oh, you haven't gotten in touch with like your parents in a while or something. And you're like, oh, you know what? And I should have sent them an email. And then you think of email and you're like, actually there was this email that I needed to send to somebody else, which then inspires to be like, oh, I need to do that. So your brain makes these these jumps and connections, but it's helpful if you have a change in environment that kind of can aid you to do that. Same with walking around in your city. Maybe you're trying to sell an online course and you walk by an art space and realize that this actually, you could teach this in person and think of maybe you want to do whatever you're doing in a live venue instead. Like just that type of shit that the environment, the way it interacts with you can generate ideas. It doesn't just have to be like out of your own genius. Loved that one. Um, I know I'm running long today, so I'll try to get through these. Woo, woo, woo. Okay. Um, another one I loved, which I've already talked about before, but is sleep. And um, one of the big t- I'll probably have stuff on sleep from here on out just because this shit is a game changer. Why we sleep. Can't recommend it enough. The big one for me this week was their drowsy driving kills more people every year than drunk driving and um, accidents from drugs and driving combined so if you combine all those motherfuckers that kill people drunk driving and those that are high on some shit because if you're drunk driving you are at least hopefully awake so your reaction time is hella slow but at least you got some reaction time if you're drowsy driving then you just sleep boom out there's no trying to break no nothing car is a speeding missile hop over the median straight head-on collision type shit if you're drunk driving you might swerve off the road but you at least have a reaction Where drowsy driving uh you just kind of go head-on so the accidents are much more fatal because they're just happen at top speeds and shit happens so fast in a car so get your motherfucking sleep at least eight hours Work on your circadian rhythm. Get exposed to light in the morning. That's another one that was huge. Make your room cool. Um, sleep in darkness. Uh, I could talk about sleep all day, but it's just like my favorite thing to do, first of all. And then I just find it like, I, I I'm it, there, it's like a mild form of torture being underslept. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm being dramatic. Sorry. Um, yeah. And then the last one, I think I talked about this one last week too, but I just think that it's really important. So I'm going to talk about it again, um, is the idea of execution. And, um, I hear it time and time again in all these interviews with, with folks of, it's not about the idea. It's about uh, getting out of your own way, running with the idea and just trying shit and then iterating. Same shit with this book. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I'm just inspired as fuck. So I'm going to write the thing and then put it out there and see where it goes. And That's the key to starting, is it's like, what idea is the best one? Nobody knows. You don't even know. The only way to find out is to try it, put shit out there, and then at least you can make an informed decision. Because right now, and this is self-talk, same shit with my music too, making the decision in a vacuum uh, doesn't get you very far, because then it's just that constant echo chamber in your mind. So make decisions quickly. Get some motherfucking sleep. Uh, When you have attention Attention is and focus is your superpower But make sure that you're focused On one thing at a time And you set time limits for things And switch up your environment from time to time And then uh, personify your fear And your inner critic Because it's a lot easier to deal with When it's a frumpy white guy Than it is when You just say mean shit to yourself So something to think about I'm going to keep writing this week Get my Thai Visa stoked about life, man. $150 a month. Think about that shit. All right, y'all. Attitude is gratitude. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, your check is in the mail for being my therapist. Love you. Check you next week. Deuces.